So hey there, and welcome to episode 190 of Self-Kind with me, Erica Webb. So today I want to talk about something around self-kindness, no surprise, but I want to talk about why we often think of self-kindness as being synonymous with doing less and why sometimes it actually asks us to do more. And then how we kind of navigate that potentially tricky line between the two. So that is what we are going to dive into. Hi, and welcome to Self-Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. So talking about doing more, doing less, how we figure out the balance between those two things when it comes to a self-kind approach. And I think that let's start with this idea of self-kindness, sort of feeling synonymous with this idea of doing less. Now, I think that the reason for that, or part of the reason at least, is because this idea of doing more, of pushing, of striving, of yeah, pushing and striving, is also kind of in our minds very much tied up with the idea of punishing ourselves, of torturing ourselves, of feeling like we are pushing for reasons that aren't aligned with our own values, our own needs, our own desires. And For most of us, I'm going to say most of us, but realizing that it may not be you, but for most of us and for most of the people who come to see me, that is what pushing has been experienced as, right? And this might be evidenced because we feel resentment, right? We're doing all these things and we feel resentful for them. We might experience it as burnout. We might experience it as exhaustion. All of those sorts of things kind of point to this way of pushing that we have as being quite punishing, as being a negative thing, right, or having negative outcomes. So on the flip side of that, if we are moving towards self-kindness or if we are trying to move in alignment with self-kindness, often the first thing that will become apparent is that we can do less, right? That we can choose less, that we don't have to push, that we don't have to strive, that we can practice being and being in a quieter, slower relationship with ourselves and with the world. And that's definitely my default, right? I look to self-kindness to help me slow down and to help me sometimes do less. But I think it is a mistake for us to think that self-kindness and less are one and the same thing because they're simply not and they really aren't. And there will be times where self-kindness asks us to do more, asks us to get uncomfortable And asks us even sometimes to push or strive for something that matters to us. So I want to talk a little bit more about that. Now, I am going to look down a couple of times because I've got some notes here to keep me on track because sometimes I like to go off on a little bit of a tangent, which is fine. We can do that as well. Um, 
So let's use movement as an example for this sort of do less versus do more situation. One of the things that can really trip us humans up is this feeling that we have of having to earn our worth, having to prove our worth, having to work for our worth. So we might think that in order to be, you know, worthy, good humans, we have to exercise a certain amount of times a week. When we exercise, it has to hit a certain standard in terms of effort, exertion, sweat, kilojoules, all of that sort of stuff to count. And so then when we kind of look at movement through a self-kind lens, we might be like, oh, all of it counts. I don't have to torture myself for it to be this thing that makes a difference. However, what can also be true is that sometimes we have a, I don't know, a certain symptom, right, in our body that is pointing towards a need for more strength, more control, more focused effort in a particular place. So to give you an example, at the moment, I have got this uh, case of like golfer's elbow. I have this um, kind of like medial pain in my elbow, and I'm pretty sure it's being um, exacerbated by and possibly even created by using my phone in my left hand. Anyway, um, I am currently like every day doing physiotherapy exercises for this particular pain. And I don't really find them particularly fun. The pain is a little annoying. Um, It is not something that I find super joyful. And, you know, I don't feel embodied in the same way when I do those exercises as when I do perhaps more of my kind of mindful, intuitive sort of rolling around on the floor. But I'd like need to do these movements to help my elbow to feel better and to create the strength and structure and all of that sort of stuff around that joint that clearly I need to focus on in order to be without pain. So in that example, if I was to sort of take the the sort of thinking of, well, if I'm being kind to myself, I don't do things that make me uncomfortable or I don't do things that ask me to push through resistance, then I'm going to end up with a really sore elbow for a really long time because I have to do some level of pushing toward or striving toward what I want on the other side of these exercises, which is a, you know, pain-free elbow. And I have to do these exercises with consistency to see those results. Now, do I have to be obsessive? Do I have to punish myself in the process? Absolutely not. But the line can be a fine one. And that's sort of what we're going to talk about next is like, how do we navigate that line? How do we try to stay on the kind side, even when we do need, and we know we need, this is self, this is self-decided, right? What we need is self-decided in terms of Um, I'm making the decision that this is important to me. I'm making the decision that this improved function is going to improve my quality of life, right, and my comfort in my own body. So how do we sort of move into that discomfort and effort and it still be kind? Because some people will hear that and you'll be like, well, that doesn't sound kind at all. It sounds like you're doing something that you, you know, don't want to do or that is uncomfortable, etc. But it absolutely can be kind. We can move toward what we want and what we don't feel like doing all the time because we know that what sort of lies on the other side of it 
is what we ultimately want. Now, we know this, right? This is a very common um, way of talking about moving towards your goals, kind of like this idea of like thinking of your future self. What would they want? But I think the trick here is to not get caught in guilt because we can use that reasoning, right? Well, what would future me want? Um, What's good for me, quote unquote. And the risk that we have when we think like that is that we fall into motivating ourselves with guilt. Oh, well, I better do it then because otherwise. So there is this practice and this yeah, it's a practice really of how do we do that with kindness? How do we talk to ourselves in a way that doesn't make this feel like a guilt trip? And that's where I would say this is probably not where we start, right? This is probably if like self-kindness, self-compassion, meeting yourself in that way is a new thing for you then probably starting with doing less is actually a really good idea because we're not having to navigate that, right? Although we may still be navigating some guilt, but it's in the other other direction. So this is a skill and it's something that we practice and it's something that we keep practicing. It's not a destination. We've talked about this in recent episodes where it's like not a destination where suddenly, oh, I'm just always the kindest person in the world to myself. Probably not. But we keep practicing and it absolutely gets easier. I think if we start here with self-kindness, trying to navigate this line, it's a little bit like being a, you know, juggler in the circus. And instead of starting with, you know, round, squishy balls, you start with sharp swords, right? Like it just, it's the same skill, but probably not exactly the tool you want to be starting with because there's a little bit more risk, a little harder to pull off. So when we think of self-kindness as being a way of relating to ourselves, a way of navigating our relationship with ourselves, that's when this gets easier because when it's a method of relating, a method of navigating, then we understand we start to understand that it's it's not black and white. It's not kind of like, well, I have these two choices and and Um, one is right and one is wrong, we start to sort of get a little bit more comfortable with the gray area and that reality that two seemingly contradictory things can be true at the same time, which in this case we're talking about doing less is really valuable and moving through discomfort is also really valuable. So how do you know which one you need and when and how do you do it in a way that is self-kind, right? So this is this is that exploration. So I want to read out a couple of definitions, actually, before we keep going. So we talked about striving and pushing. And these are things that I would often tell clients, do this without strain. Strain is not one of the words I just said, but <laughs> do this without pushing. I would absolutely say that. Or do it without strain. Um, because like we said at the start of this episode, that notion of striving and pushing and straining has a negative association for most of us colloquially. It's not really the definition though, um, which is really interesting. So often we would talk about like, can you do this without push? Can you do this without force? Can you do this without, um, you know, that feeling of it being punishing? 
But when we actually look at the definitions of the words strive and push, strive is to make great efforts to achieve or obtain something. And push is a vigorous effort to do or obtain something. So very similar. And in a lot of ways, I think of that as being very akin to consistency and persistence, right, of commitment towards something. And so when we think about our self-kindness practice, our self-care practices, like I absolutely want to strive for those things to be in my life. I want to make great efforts to prioritize them. So striving in itself, you know, and pushing in and of itself isn't a bad thing, but we've definitely come to learn that they are externally motivated or internally motivated, but from a place of guilt and shame. So this is where we're trying to, you know, turn turn the definition around a little bit. Um, and before I go into some tips around how to work with this, I do want to point out that, yes, I do – you know, if you're if you're a student um, or a member inside the Self Kind Hub, if you've ever worked with me one on one, then we do talk a lot about doing less, um, and I will encourage you to often do less. And again, it's about recognizing that there's never one right answer or one right way. So we have to be willing to sit with the both, and we have to be willing to sit with the seeming contradiction between the fact that doing less is good and sometimes doing more is necessary and also good, right? So yes, you will be asked to do less. Does that mean that doing less is always the right answer? No. But so many of us are in the process of shifting from perfectionism, shifting from that push that feels like punishment, trying to shift our locus of motivation from something external to us or internal and shame-based towards getting in touch with what it is that we actually need. And so sometimes doing less allows for that process to be a little easier to navigate. And so I think it's always a really good place to start because most of us are used to doing the most. Most of us are used to um, thinking of our achievements as ways to enhance our worthiness as humans. And so sometimes doing less and sort of proving that, oh, it's actually okay, like this is fine. And I feel, you know, we, we often feel better from doing less, I think is a really important place to start. Um, and different seasons of our life will ask for different effort levels, right? So um, there will be periods of time where like we have to do way, way less. Maybe we're grieving. Maybe we are under an immense amount of stress that is out of our control. And we simply have to do less to make more space for our ability to recover. So, you know, this this self-kind approach to doing more has its time and place and it might be confined to certain areas of your life, right? So I think this example of like my physiotherapy exercises at the moment is a really good one because I, yes, I have to kind of push through a little bit of discomfort to do those things, I'm not trying to do the most everywhere though. Like I, I would love to take you on a tour of my house so you could see that while it's school holidays here and my kids are home for six whole weeks over summer, I promise you I'm not doing the most. Like I'm just not. But there are some places where I'm pushing through a level of resistance because I really 
want and and I would say need what's on the other side of that effort. Um, but then there's other things where it's like there's piles of washing, we've been renovating the laundry and there's stuff everywhere, the floors really need a clean, but like I, I don't want to go upstairs to fill them up bucket and there's no tap yet downstairs. So there's like all these things, right? There's all these areas. And I think where we sometimes come really unstuck is when we try to do the most everywhere as though everything requires our striving and our pushing. And it's like, we've only got so much to give, right? So it's okay to choose less and it's okay also to choose more, but we need to understand where that's coming from right? And, and questioning, is this simply because I feel like I have to do the most in order to be a worthy human? And they may not be the words that you're using in your head, but, um, you know, do we feel like we need to do that much for other people to appreciate us, to love us, to feel like we're making a contribution? Um, you know, there's so many different layers to that and that's just scratching the surface, but hopefully that makes sense in terms of doing more can be from a place of self-kindness. It's a very fine line. So it's one to explore. So this is where I want to go into tips for navigating this because even as I talk about it, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this just has to play out in real life, right? This just has to play out. So my first tip is to know that sometimes that balance, which balance is a myth, we're always just in a process of balancing as best we can, We will get that wrong though, right? We will push when probably we needed to rest. We will rest when actually, you know, maybe pushing through the resistance would have given us what we needed. And that isn't a problem. It just isn't a problem. We do ourselves a great service by treating these things as an experiment. You're a human. You are not a robot. And therefore, you're going to make choices that lead to different results than you thought they would, right? Or you're going to do things thinking that the motivation was one thing or the motive was one thing and finding out later based on the resentment that you feel or the frustration that you feel or the whatever that, oh, actually I wasn't driven by what I thought. And so none of that is a problem. We're just doing a bit of an experiment and we get to learn from that. We get to go, oh, okay, well, you know, before I made that decision, I noticed this feeling in my body. Um, and now in hindsight, I recognize that that was kind of like a bit of an inner knowing that actually I really did just need to rest. Um, and, you know, I was pushing myself based on X, Y, Z. So we get to kind of reflect a little bit and be like, what can I take from this? What can I learn from this? You're never really getting it wrong. We're just exploring like what what does it lead to? What was the outcome? How did it make me feel? And that gives us an opportunity to get closer to our humanity, to get closer to ourselves and to understand ourselves better, which is ultimately the goal, right? So the second tip is to look for the telltale signs that you are maybe not in self-kindness, Some of these telltale signs might be the way that you're talking to yourself. So there might be certain words that you kind of hear in your mind that alert you to the fact that, oh, that's not very kind, right? I'm slipping into guilt or I'm slipping into shame or I'm slipping into should. Should is a big one. If you hear should immediately, you know, red flag, 
what am I shooting on myself for here? And is this even true? Right. So good tests are to look for those words. The should is a particularly significant one, but also would I say what I'm saying in my mind to a friend? So if I had a friend sitting in front of me and they were navigating, like, should I push for this thing or should I rest? And you hear these words in your head or this voice in your head sort of giving you all the reasons why you should do the thing instead of rest, for instance, just as an example. Check and see if the words that you're using, the tone that you're using, the um, style that you're communicating in with yourself is a way that you would talk to your friend. Because if it isn't, there's a very good chance that you've sort of slipped away from kindness. Yeah. Three, we've already said this on number one, but I'm going to say it again. You're not a robot. Recognize that you're not a robot. So what you needed yesterday, maybe the circumstances seem exactly the same. I have to do my exercises for my elbow. Should I do them? Should I rest? And there's that word again, right? Should. The worst. Um, Just because the circumstances are the same on the outside doesn't mean that the answer is going to have to be the same because you are not a robot. Just full stop. You are not a robot. And so this this way of approaching it as being kind of more experimental allows us to get a little bit curious about like what other variables are in play here. So, for example, last night I had a terrible sleep. The cat was just oh, I don't know what the cat does at night. I think he's running some sort of parkour uh, club here in the house. He just runs up and down the hallway. He jumps behind our bed and then jumps onto people. And he was just just the worst last night. So sleep was terrible. And so today I am not feeling super chipper. I'm not feeling really bright and uh, like, you know, I want to go out and conquer the world. The circumstances might from the outside look exactly the same, but the night before that I had a great sleep, right? So there's all these variables that I think oftentimes we in our minds are like, well, I shouldn't, that shouldn't matter. I should be able to push through that. I should be able to deal with that. You know, whether it's tiredness, whether it's emotions like um, grief or sadness or frustration, those things make a difference. And so don't make the mistake of thinking that you need to be a robot and therefore behave like one, um, get closer to your humanity and let that be a practice of becoming more comfortable with it because, you know, that's what makes us human. And then the final tip, number four, again, something that we've, that I've already sort of mentioned in this episode, but I don't think it can be said too many times is allow yourself to get more comfortable with the both and with that reality that sometimes two competing things can be true at the same time. Can you allow them to live side by side? I mean, they are, right? They are existing side by side. We just pretend that that's not true. So how can we become more comfortable with that reality? How can we play with it a little bit, get curious about it? Again, treat it like a bit of an experiment. Notice that Two things are true at the same time. Less is good. Sometimes I need to push to do more. Those are both true. So given the situation, given what I am experiencing in myself, what is the decision today? And again, simple but not necessarily easy, right? 
So those are the four tips. I'll just quickly go over the headlines of the four tips again. One, know that you're going to get the balance wrong sometimes, and that's okay. Look for the telltale signs that you're slipping away from self-kindness. It could be the should. It could be, I would never say this to anyone else out loud. Recognize that you're not a robot, and so things will be different from day to day, and allow yourself to get more comfortable with the both and that seeming wild reality that two things can be true at the same time, even when they contradict each other. (laughs) Wild, right? Um, So I hope that those tips are helpful. Navigating a self-kind relationship with yourself is, you know, it's 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 a process. It is a practice. It is something that we choose and we choose it moment to moment, day to day, um, we get curious when we slip out of it. We get curious when we fall into self-judgment. We get curious when we fall into resentment. We get curious when we fall into shoulds. And I think that that sense of curiosity is the thing matched with compassion and kindness that can keep us from diving headfirst into guilt and shame because it allows us to hold our humanity and to like look at it and be like, isn't this interesting? Isn't this being a human so interesting and complicated? And therefore, given how complicated it is, like I'm going to meet myself with compassion because this isn't easy. This isn't always easy. So I hope that's helpful. I will be back next week with another episode. Uh, Last week I mentioned that I had done like a little bit of a uh, question, bo- question box call out on Instagram asking if you had any topic requests. This wasn't one of the ones that came through, but um, please do keep your requests coming if you've got them. I've got a couple of other topic requests that I'm kind of working on in the background. I want to flesh them out a little bit more, but I do always really love to hear from you. So please do come and connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at Erica Webb underscore self kind. Um, and if you want to find out more about working together, um, I offer one-on-one sessions as well as the group um, program within the self kind hub, which is an online platform of movement classes infused with all of these ideas of self kindness. So if you want to find out more about that, the link will be in the show notes, but it's ericaweb.com.au forward slash self kind hub for the self kind hub. And there's a tab somewhere on the page that says work with me where you can learn more. So until next week, have a great one and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at EricaWeb underscore self kind. And you can sign up for my e newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye.